You ready? Yeah, all my my notes got deleted. Yeah. All right. No, no one's believing that you had notes, sir. Wow. <laughs> Edit that out. All right. So we're here uh, on the Backbreakers and Bites podcast, episode 10. It's a big episode, so we got a big guest. We got Jillian Robertson, uh, one of the best female fighters in the UFC, pound for pound. Destroys everyone, fights out of the goat shed. She chose the salty donut because, of course... Uh, Jillian, you want to tell us why you uh, chose this spot? I love my sweets, man. <laughs> That's it. I'm like, the salty donut never lets me down. Always right there on Uber Eats. Can call them anytime. <laughs> so um, I had to come here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming and, and sharing this with us. I, too, love the salty donut, so I was more than happy to come do this. Um, this, is, this is my first time because anytime I'll come here, it's sold out. Sold out, exactly. Sold out. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Is it like do they still sell out on you? Oh no, I still feel like you gotta order them early in the day. You can't go too late because if you start looking at it like later on in the day, then it's definitely sold out 100. percent At least all the good ones. Then you get the, the Uber Eats guy shows up to the window. Hey, sorry, the best we could do is glazed. Yeah, exactly. And then he shows up the goat shed, and you guys are all standing there angry. <laughs> Just sitting there with their arms crossed. <laughs> I'm gonna take a bite out of, out of the dress leche I ordered. Um, Wait, excuse me? You definitely <laughs> didn't order that. You... I think I ordered the banana and... Yeah. Say cream. it. Go ahead. I don't want to say it. <laughs> the banana and cream pie. <laughs> oh, my God. We should have got a napkins. <laughs> Probably our biggest mistake so far. <laughs> Just take the water from the plant and... I'm gonna start with a hard-hitting question, okay? Well, don't don't jump, all right. Remember, I'm jumping far. Remember, no, no. <laughs> How long have you had red hair for? Oh damn. <laughs> uh, so it was like right before my first pro fight, I decided to dye red. I don't know why, really. I guess I'm just a fan of like impulse decisions. <laughs> just kind of wanted to do it, and uh, yeah, it was just right before I turned pro, I did it. So it's been like. Seven years now. A lot of recognition, right? And they, oh, Jenny, oh, the girl with the red hair. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I think I'm kind of stuck with it at this point. <laughs> I feel like I would have been cool going back to my normal hair at this point, but it's how everybody knows me, and it's just my identity. So it, it is the savage. That's <laughs> yeah, not a bad identity. I saw you were struggling. Like, hey, what's uh, some red hair costumes? <laughs> it's like, damn, it is holding you uh, a little bit back, right? Oh yeah, no, I've definitely gotten pretty creative. I love, I don't know why, I love getting dressed up for Halloween. I think I just have like a little bit more of like an artsy, like creative side that I like doing stuff like that. But then like, I just go and like sit on my couch and get high, like that's about it. So it's just, I just want to get dressed up and look cool to do that. <laughs> hey, it gives you an excuse, it's all good. Exactly. So we spoke a little bit before, um, you said that you're good with everything, so we're just going to ask everything. Um, but we usually start from the beginning. Uh, you are Canadian, but you moved to Florida super young. Um, at what point did you start getting interested in like martial arts and stuff? Like, Was there a uh, backstory to anything? Uh, I guess this goes back to my impulsive decisions. <laughs> that there was absolutely no, like, I guess, no thing that like led me in the direction of mixed martial arts. I uh, grew up with, well, like obviously born in Canada, both very Canadian parents who they're like, if anybody's ever like bullying you, starting problems, just walk away, you know, don't start problems, don't hit them back, don't do anything like that. So it's like very like pacifist parents, nonviolent. So I grew up volunteering with animals. That's uh, all I did like from the time I was seven till I was about like 17, I'd say. I volunteered at a horse rescue, at a wildlife rescue, at the Humane Society. I worked at vets offices. So it was like, that was like my trajectory 100%. That was, that was here in Canada? That was in Port St. Lucie. So uh, yeah, I was just growing up in Florida, just working with animals and then for some reason, when I was 16, I told my dad uh, I wanted to try kickboxing. And I was just adamant about it, that I wanted to try kickboxing. And there happened to be a guy who worked for him who was actually a pro fighter for my coach today, Dean Thomas. <laughs> so uh, I ended up starting at Dean's gym when I was 16. And like I said, still work with him to this day. Dean, Dean had a gym in Port St. Lucie? Yeah, he had two gyms no, in Port St. Lucie. I had no idea. Am I tripping or was he training in Orlando for a little bit too? Uh, yeah, he used to actually like, back then like with Longwood, uh, I think. Yeah, Paul Rodriguez yeah, and yeah. them. But uh, 
Yeah, he had two gyms in Port St. Lucie, and Dean actually grew up in Port St. Lucie as well. See, did not know that. That's it, random. Yeah, so it's just kind of both of us randomly grew up in this little small town and uh, happened to find each other. And it's honestly, like, like I said, I wouldn't have picked any other coach. He still, he comes down to Goat Shed from Port St. Lucie to Miami two to three times a week for me now, oh, still damn. just to work with me. I thought so. he was like traveling a lot. Yeah, he is literally. So it's like Monday, Wednesday, sometimes Friday, he'll be down at Goat Shed and then he'll be in like Abu Dhabi, be in Vegas, be in wherever. He's traveling all around with the UFC as well. Damn, he believes in you. Oh yeah, I, I feel like I believe in him and he believes in me just as much. And it's like he said, we have a 12 year relationship at this point that I, I feel like it's stronger than most bonds that people have with their coach. So you, you tried the kickboxing and you jumped right into American Top Team. Yeah, I actually, I started with like cardio kickboxing. So it was like me, a 16 year old girl in the class with like a bunch of soccer moms. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I tried that for a little while. Then one of my friends who wrestled at my high school started the MMA class at Dean's school. So he started coming in and was like, well, why don't you try it? And I was like, okay, I'll have a partner. Let me try it. And I just kind of fell into it more and more from that point. And then, so you're, I mean, I'm guessing your passion is the grappling. Like you, you started in the cardio kickboxing and then you, you figured out the grappling and it looks like that's like your style. Like you said, people on Instagram are always roasting you for the striking for God knows why. Cause honestly your fights look pretty good. I mean, you've lost what, like a handful of times and it's never crazy, but, um, like you, you just fell in love with the grappling and, and focus or it's just a, it, it, that's what was available. I just think it kind of came more naturally, naturally to me, honestly. Like I, um, I don't really know what it was. It was a couple of years after I started striking and everything that I started jujitsu. But once I started, I just felt like I got good at it fast. And I just fell in love with the, it's just the technical aspect of it. Back then I was like, walking 115 pounds being a 16 year old girl and I was able to manhandle like 200 pound guys and I was like okay this is awesome this is why I fell in love with it and it's just like all the science behind it that you can constantly keep on learning in jujitsu yeah. and I just I love it were you a were you a, a bottom player from the beginning um initially I was a bottom player now I feel like I'm more of a top player but I feel like the fact that I have both benefits me so well because now I'm just dangerous from everywhere. So yeah. it's like, now you don't want to take me down. Now you don't want me on top of you. It doesn't matter where we are. I can finish the fight. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I whispered. Yeah, I would whisper too. I would whisper too. I'll say now, too, see why now, now 230 guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was really, you never wanted to to compete per se you just you just joined that and it's just one thing led to another is that yeah kind of i honestly i always make the joke that um i'm like my manager just asked me to fight and i was too socially awkward to say no because <laughs> i'm like i'm pretty sure that's what happened I feel you. let me ask were you a blue belt uh i just don't even think i was a blue belt oh, damn i think i was a white belt when i had my first fight holy uh, shit because yeah. I, I noticed i i've trained for a little bit too and like when i started training it's like any gym you go to like i got my green belt and they were like, you thinking about fighting? I'm like, well, yeah, but we don't have striking. This is a jiu-jitsu gym. Yeah. It's like, what do you guys need? <laughs> and then I got my blue belt at another gym. They're like, you ready for a fight? I'm like, do we have a striking coach? <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like that's the thing. They're like, all right, you know enough jiu-jitsu. But now, like, even these little kids that are training jiu-jitsu are like freaks of nature. You've got YouTube and all these instructionals now. I think, like, back in the day, a blue belt was dangerous. But now it's like, mm. I was just watching the ADCC this last weekend with the kids. There was like two six-year-olds who were just going it's at awesome. it. It was crazy. They're so technical. It was absolutely mind-blowing, the technique. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, no. I'm like, the next generation like is have just you, Have you seen the, uh, the Rule of Tula Brothers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, did you see when they were kids, though? I, I didn't see when they were kids, oh, but now God. they're killing it on the scene as adults. These kids, like, were, these kids were like five years old doing uh, Baron Bolos and stuff. It was ridiculous. I'm like... Halfway through, I just end up on my head not knowing what the hell's going on. And these kids are like, yeah, perfect back take from a Baron Bolo. Like, how do you, you can't even pronounce that word yet. That's when we were talking earlier on. Like, uh, there's no way I could, I could jump back into it. I feel like it's been <laughs> 10 years now. And like you said, like, I got my blue belt. You're older and wiser now. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the, the second I got my blue belt, I was like, I've achieved it. I'm done. <laughs> and I I'm, there. And I'm there. Hey, feel free if you want to eat the donuts to just cut us off and eat. Because we, we keep doing that. Like, we'll end up asking so many questions, you guys don't get to eat. Roy didn't give a fuck. Roy ate, just ate right through it. <laughs> Grant eat it. Grant was like, L, this is you for about five minutes. He took, you take care of this. He took, he, 
two bites. He devoured that burger. In two bites, it was gone. He said he didn't eat all day just to be able to eat these calories. It's a struggle of cutting weight a lot of times. I'm like, just honest, like, I went from two back to back fight camps for my last two fights. So I was in a weight cutting state for six months straight. <laughs> and oh. I was just in mental torture constantly. So there's no, there's no such thing as, like, when you guys are cutting weight, uh, there's no such thing as a cheap meal, correct? Like, no, not at not all. Not even to slide a little candy in there. Well, do, you, I, do you just like being super clean because you feel better? Because I mean, I know you could probably get away with just eating this all day if I, you kept the calories good. Uh, you, I honestly, I couldn't. If it, to make one fifteen, I couldn't at all. Like, I have to be so strict on my diet when I'm making one fifteen. I'm like measuring out everything, right. making no, sure. No, but like I'm saying, if you had the uh, like the caloric, like if you ate like five of these a day only. Uh, well, it's like, it, even if I did that, though, it's just, I'm telling you, like, Damn. for 115, it's so strict. It's just like, wow. there so is, you're really, like, you're really cutting to get to 115. Like, then. I, so I feel guilty about eating peanut butter. Like, that's, that, that is my cheat. I'll have a <laughs> scoop of peanut butter and I feel guilty about it. And like, it eats away at me mentally. Like, it's, do, do you try to stay at a, at a, at a calorie deficit? Um, it's like under certain calories. I, I honestly, I have a, the nutritionist with the UFC. <laughs> he just sends me. Oh. We have an app. Oh, that's awesome! You got one straight like they provided, yeah. not even top team. Yeah, or, I mean Goat Shed. Yeah, like, so that's... the UFC provides us with the. Uh, they have nutritionists. They have physical therapists. They have everything that we need. Oh, that's, so that's sick. Uh, they have an app, and they just send me literally everything I need to eat on that app, and I just go by that. So, so you, like, so you measure it when you're home. You measure everything, and yeah, I measure everything out, and then it's like it as we get closer. To the fight he'll send me like different uh meal plans so different like all right now you're only eating this today you're only eating this or cutting this or adding this so it's like he's constantly sending me things sending me supplements making sure that i'm on point to make that weight damn that's awesome yeah. like that, that's you have a whole unit behind you it, it takes that to become a champion i feel like you need that whole yeah. team behind but you them like providing that that's like it explains a lot it yeah explains a lot like that's why so, the fights have gotten so good now. so these people when they miss weight they have no excuse. No. No, they're doing it to themselves. <laughs> and that's why we're doing it to you early. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Please don't cut us off, UFC. One one day we'll be big. Um, so you you took the amateur yeah, it was an amateur fight, right? You took it just because you felt like you had, couldn't say no. And then at what point were you like, hey, maybe I should do this? Um, I don't really know. I obviously I fell in love after my first amateur fight. I absolutely just like the rush of a so how, how did that one go uh we didn't go to the ground at all surprisingly it was a hundred percent like just ratchet striking on the feet <laughs> oh, <my best. laughs> like my awesome. elbows are just like up here throwing punches <laughs> the whole time but i won it by decision and then um also i guess this might have been a reason why i got into jiu-jitsu a little bit more too was two months after that i had my second amateur fight got absolutely manhandled <laughs> <laughs> and I got beat up on the feet, taken down and arm barred, survived by the timer, then taken down on the second round and arm barred again on the same arm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I tapped that time. But after that, I think, like, I remember the next day I was literally like in a sling in jujitsu class. Oh, damn. <laughs> like, I want, I was like, all right, I need to learn this because this girl was good at that and I need to learn how to be better than her. So that also might have had a huge impact on like why I was like, jujitsu's the way. <laughs> Yeah, you're really good at it now. <laughs> I'm very good at it. So you're saying you fell in love with it, and then um, was Dean your coach now, or yes. from the get he was already your coach? Dean was my coach from day one. Like him, and then all he had a couple instructors underneath him, like a black belt underneath him that I worked with. But uh, it was people who he coached essentially so all of his products yeah, that, yeah. so it's still so, it's still dean yeah, just but, through someone else yeah and then also dean would take time out of his day to come and drill with me do privates every single day so it's like we were yeah we've been working together since the am amateur days did he like tell you you look like you have a future in this and then kind of push you a little more um i don't think he, it was he ever told me he saw my dedication he saw that like he could call me at 2 a.m and be like yo we're drilling and i'd be like okay let's go you know it didn't matter to me i was down to train all the time and i feel like that's a very unique quality in somebody in general like for me i feel like I'm, i had i struggle finding training partners a lot of times that have that same quality yeah, you know yeah, yeah. just trying to find somebody who's going to show up that be there all the time no matter what reliable and i feel like that's what he saw in me and then he thought it was worth 
uh, investing into, and he thought that I could be something because of that, just because of my hard work. I'm just curious, like when you would train at those early hours, or you even said that you trained two times a day, did you smoke before and after, or you try not to smoke uh, before? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, honestly, it's just, Smoking is a part of my life. Like, I smoke before and after training, usually. <laughs> you see where power is from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like it depends on the type of person. Like, some people can't handle it. I know some people who is like, they smoke before training, and then you go and try to, like, drill with them, and they're just dumb. They're you know, it. it's like they're completely on a different planet. But for me, I'm like, it just kind of zones me in. I'm like, I feel like... I don't know. I, I, I do smoke before before and then after to training too, just to relax. So you don't get the urge to like eat a whole six of these? Because <laughs> I know when I used to smoke, like I could down like probably 12 of these. It was so bad. Surprisingly, I feel like edibles do that to me. Yeah. I usually during fight camp, I stay away from edibles because anytime I do that, I'm like, oh, I want to eat something. And I just, I, like yeah, I said, I have be to be so, so strict on my diet. <laughs> That's next level discipline. You were able to never like... Like stray off to the side yeah i like honestly i only have to be that way when i'm cutting to 115 and but that's the only times i'm like i have to just stay so strict it's just it's like i'm out of camp i'm usually walking like close to 140 so to make 115 is just a big jump <laughs> i remember seeing in your first couple fights you did like jump back and forth and wait was that to 105 or to 125 i was at 120 i was Actually, I've only had two fights at 115 so far in the UFC. Uh, so I've been a little bit everywhere, I guess. Uh, as an amateur, I was 115 and 105 once ever. <laughs> and then um, as a professional, I fought 115. In the UFC, I got signed at 125 and fought 125 the whole time I've been in there until these last couple of fights. I think it was just like... Uh, me growing up in the sport. It was me being 18 years old at first, walking 115 pounds. So then, like, I went through a huge growth spurt, started walking, like, 140. Didn't really know how to, like, handle that with, like, cutting down to 115. So uh, I stayed at 125 for a while. And then now I feel like my body typically is walking, like, between 135, 132 to 135. So I'm, like, I'm a little bit smaller than I used to be, so it's a little bit more maintainable to make 115. So I just decided to make the jump back down. That makes sense. So I know he wants to ask a lot about this, but um, at what point did the whole tough thing happen? Like, did they call you or did you have to put in like an application for that? Or So uh, there's actually tryouts. So I flew out to Vegas. Um, I had five. Well, actually, before that. So, sorry. So, so how do you hear about it? Uh, just a news release. It That's was it? just yeah okay. in the media. I just saw it. And then I... Um, you have to have three, at least three pro fights and a winning record, which at that time I was two and two as a pro. That so, doesn't count? Well, you have to have a winning record. So I'm like, Damn. it was neutral. So I was like, all right, what do I need? Like, let me just try to get a fight before this. I was trying my hardest forever. And I got, took, took like four short notice fights and the other girls backed out. Wow. And I was like, oh, I just can't make anything work. <laughs> the week before tough tryouts, I had my fight against Hannah Cyphers finally locked in. So I fought on um, that Saturday. Then I my birthday was that Wednesday, and then I uh, tried out for the uh, Tough House that next Friday. Damn. So it's all within one week. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like, how, like, how soon do you know if you got in, in the in the show? This is I take a bite. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're good. I'll just over here like wondering your if water? they're gonna never welcome us back after I make this mess over here. <laughs> but um, you honestly, it's probably about a month or so, maybe. Damn, so they, the whole month you were just like, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if I They just in. send you a video camera and they're like, just start videotaping stuff and like, you're supposed to videotape like your house and stuff like that. And like, but they never like gave me like a you're in email, which is always kind of like, did I make it? And then they finally sent me like the plane ticket. I'm still like, did I make it? <laughs> so, so once you were in the show, uh, did they, I know, I know they paid you guys per fight. I think you were telling me it was like 5k. Yeah. Per fight, did they give you any other incentives as like being on on air, like for being an actress as during the episodes? For being an actress, yeah. <laughs> so it was no acting. No, no, I, I know, I don't know, but it's a like for being on yeah, camera. Yeah, for like reality get, TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they um they pay you per week to be there, so they paid you seven hundred fifty per week, and then obviously five G's a fight, and then if you fight multiple times, you'd get paid multiple times per whatever fight, and 
Uh, then, of course, everything. We had our magical little list that we had, so you could just go write down whatever you wanted on it in the morning. And, and then the magical grocery fairies would bring it <laughs> through the night, and we'd wake up, and all our food would be there. How long were you guys there for? A, a month or two uh, months? It was six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Jesus. It was probably the best and worst experience of my life. Because <laughs> there's no electronics, right? There's no TV. There's no... There's no TV. There's no music. There's no books. There's... No books. <laughs> I feel like that's what, always the response. Everybody's surprised. There's no books. No. Because they don't want you to... They want you guys to talk to each other. They, they want, want you to go crazy. <laughs> sounds, like com- yeah. sounds like communism. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's terrible. But it's just like... It's the boringness of the house that sucks. Everything else is like... I wonder if they do that so you could just start... So people could start drama within each other is I, th- I think so and then 100%. it's like obviously you can order whatever kind of alcohol or anything you want they like they, they're making sure that you guys are stocked <laughs> was there any was there any beef in there with anyone I feel like my season we were lucky enough that like, got along. yeah most of the chicks were mature it's like I was me and then Montana De La Rosa were the two youngest girls in the house and but well Montana had a six-year-old at the time which I feel like matured her naturally Damn. so it's like she was already I was like the youngest pretty much in the house and um all the other girls I feel like were either like close to 30 above 30 and they were just mature in their lives you know they didn't have time for the drama where it's like I feel like a lot of times they can have like the younger guys in the house where it's like they're ready to start some shit. <laughs> it does feel like more of a, I don't know. I know you girls have a little more drama, some, but like guys, when it comes to like fighting, those guys are just in the house ready to beat each other's ass. Well, when we asked the producers like what their worst season was, which one they hated mo- the most. Well, it with was, Julian Lane? Uh, it, it was the uh, 115 pound girls. They said that that was the most drama that they've ever which, had on a season. Which season was that? Which that coaches? That was um, Pettis and Melendez, I want to say, were the oh, coaches. Yeah. It was bringing in the 115-pound girls when there was no 115-pound yeah. division. And they're just like, there was so much cattiness and drama and like just love it. that going on there that they absolutely hated working with them. But they're like, I, don't, I, can, I can 100% see it just based on how the show turned out, too. <laughs> I'm surprised it's still going, honestly. Like... I, I like the opportunity, but like the show, I'm like, damn, man! Like, I just like don't understand who. So would, many seasons deep. Well, who would go through it with the opportunity of the Contender series? You know, it's like that's such an easier opportunity deep. instead of living in a house for six weeks and having to do all this. It's yeah. like I get one fight. Well, it worked. It worked it. out for you, but do you feel like they're they're almost bringing in too much talent now? Like, um, I. I don't know. I feel like the Contender Series is a good outlet for it. I don't think there's a lot of talent coming off the Tough House now. No, I but like I, I mean, overall, like with the Contender Series and everything, because you've got, I don't know, I like watching as a fan, like I love that there's opportunity because like I have the broken dream of wanting to do MMA. So I was like, man, fuck this. I can't strike. I'm not even going to bother. But um, now, like if you fight for a couple years, the Contender Series rolls through, you got an opportunity. And there's so many like promotions that are feeder leagues. You got like the Cage Fury and they had like Titan and all that. But it feels like now they're bringing in so much talent they can't even put them on cards. Um, I guess I'm not I'm not feeling that necessarily well, no, right now. Yeah. They're just giving you fights like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm always happy. But like, like, as a fan though, you know, like, Cause you said you're you you just like watching fights too, right? Oh yeah. So like as a fan, it, it kind of feels like you're missing out on like the days when like every card was just crazy stacked. Um yeah, I guess I don't know. I feel like a, a lot of times the cards that are crazy stacked now are like the no yeah. names. You know, it's like all the guys coming off Contender series that you watch. They end those up being guys. the best for sure. Yeah, and they're trying to show something. Whereas like a lot of times you see the like super stacked cards, and then they're kind of like, eh, yeah. it wasn't a great fight. <laughs> So you're saying this Saturday is going to be boring, right? <laughs> I feel like that's how it usually turns out, but with Volk and Makachev. But that, I was I was talking to someone about this like yesterday. I'm like, this fight's going to suck. Because the last fight was so awesome, this fight's going to suck. <laughs> There's no way we can have two. No, because Volk's already talking crazy. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go right in. Like, he felt weak. I'm like, oh. He's going to get knocked out in 10 seconds. Uh, don't say that, <laughs> please. <laughs> I feel like nobody wants to see Volk lose. No, nah, definitely not. I, I Obviously, everybody was rooting for him the first time, but I just, I hate that, I hate the short notice of it for him. I hate that, it, like, how it went the first time and taking it on two weeks this time, especially in Abu Dhabi. I'm like, there's no climate like Abu Dhabi, just getting no. a- adjusted to that. <laughs> That's what I want to ask you. You had the one fight against... Uh, I'm so bad with the names, but it was a Brazilian, maybe Myra. 
Um, but I, I hate to bring it up. It was one of your losses. Yeah. But um, was that crazy fighting there? Because I know they're screaming in the background. You can hear it so clear. Like, kill her, kill her. Um, I, don't, I feel like, honestly, a lot of my early UFC fights, they just kind of threw me into my opponent's hometowns. That's what it felt <laughs> so, like. Um, like, I fought Molly McCann in her hometown. <laughs> I fought uh, Emily Whitmire in Vegas, which is where she was staying. I fought uh, Myra Buenasilva in Brazil. So I'm like, it was just kind of, I was used to it at that point. I got booed on the way out of every fight before that. So I... I I guess I, I was just kind of relishing in it by that point, but it definitely, I, it, there's nothing to compare when you do have the crowd behind you. And that's why I, I literally cried figuring out that I'm fighting in Toronto in a couple months because I'm like, it's just, it's so nice to be able to go home. It's about time, Can, right? Yeah. Canada, yeah. they're behind the Canadian fighters. Like that, the GSP fights back in the day was nuts. Okay, there's no moment I can compare to in my career than my one TKO against Sarah Froda in yeah. front of the Canadian crowd. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's got to feel like amazing. This is a, a silly question. Um, being Canadian, <laughs> do you know who's Bret Hart? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> wrong, I had to. Like, wrong, Canadian, wrong side of Canada. Yeah. but huh, It's Montreal. Was he Montreal? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking because they trained in Calgary. My bad. <laughs> So everybody knows who's Bret Hart. Yeah, everybody. Okay, that's incredible. <laughs> you have to. That, that's incredible. <laughs> they take your they take your passport. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like when you come to America and they ask you the questions. Who is Bret Hart? <laughs> when, you, when when you started training, I'm gonna take it back. I forgot to ask you when you started training. Uh, you know, well, just a kickboxing with the moms. Were you? Did you have? Were you into MMA? Or, uh, I didn't know MMA was a sport. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know what jujitsu was. I didn't know anything. I, I like that's why I have no idea how I got in my head. I wanted to even start kickboxing because I'm like I never like watched a kickboxing movie or anything like that. I never watched. I I couldn't have told you the difference between WWE and the UFC. Like it it's was not, all the same to me. It is. It still is. It still it's is. A, it's, <laughs> so so you don't. Now. So you don't watch. Uh, you don't watch TV. Or movies? I, I do and I don't. I'm good at falling asleep during TV and movies, so I, I don't get into a lot of things. You think it's because you toke before you start watching uh, TV and movies? <laughs> I'm going to attribute it to my hard work on the mats, but I'm tired. <laughs> but <laughs> you know you might be onto something there. <laughs> do yourself a favor. So, what, was the, what was the last time you, uh, what was the last movie you saw? Uh... I watched one on Netflix recently. I don't think I've been watching some spooky stuff on Netflix recently. Uh, I can't think of the name. Uh, can't think of the name of it. I don't watch TV. <laughs> I do. I do. I can't get a text back from this guy. I'm like, hey, dude, we got we got Jillian in like an hour. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm almost done with I'm almost done with the show. <laughs> do yourself a favor though. Like one time when you're high, just put on some '80s martial arts movies. It's the greatest experience ever. I think that formed who I am as a person today. You watch any uh, Jean-Claude uh, movies? No. No, you have to. I have to. You have to. It's a must. It's a must. definitely That's a why must. I'm, I'm like, I'm surprised I didn't watch things like that as a kid or something like to get me into martial arts. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I, I really don't know what. That's crazy, though. It, look how far you've come. You didn't even know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> it's the greatest, the greatest I, thing I've ever it's seen. It's awesome. There's people that, yeah, you know, I grew up on MMA and I, they never make it. Right? <laughs> But that really kind of lets you discover that it's that's your shit. Oh yeah, no, I I just I just fell in love with it from the time I started. It's like I don't really know what it was. It was just it it was something that was easy to have a passion for at that time. And I feel like my parents always instilled like the hard work in me, so it was like it was easy to stay with. So I mentioned this on the way over here, but like I, I like your style because I really like like people like Carlos Condit. Like, people that just don't give a fuck if you take them down. You pulled guard in a fight. You pulled guard in the UFC. That was that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Was there, like, a point where you developed that style where you said, I want to be that person? I mean, you mentioned it a little bit earlier where you're like, oh, I want to be great on the bottom and the top. But was there, like, a moment when you were starting to figure out your style where you were like, I'm just going to throw, and if they take me down, fuck it. But I mean, to get to the point where you're pulling guard is crazy. But was there a, a point where you said, this maybe is the style for me? Um, I'm obviously being a jujitsu girl. I've always been very confident on my back, but just going in there, I, 
I feel like and my striking doesn't show it to this point yet, but I just want to be dangerous any everywhere. I don't want them to be comfortable no matter where they are in a fight. You know, whether we're on the feet, whether we're on the ground, if you're on top, on bottom, wherever. It's like, I want to be in a finishing position no matter what. I want to be have a potential to take you out of that fight at any single moment and you to be uncomfortable at every single moment. So it's like, that's my only, I guess, outlook when I'm in the cage. So what, what was going through your head when you pulled guard up? Like, cause no, to me, I love that like so much. Um, I actually have one that I, I, I kind of engineered it myself. I want to say, uh, it from a lapel drag. So in, in gi, you can grab the yeah. lapel and sit down for like a single leg. Right. And I kind of modified that into an arm drag to single leg. And I use that a lot in MMA. So it's like, I know I used it against Molly McCann. I used it against, uh, Mashka, Maria Agpova. I fought her too. Um, I think I used it one more time where it's just, I, I literally arm dragged to like a bottom half kind of, yeah, yeah, essentially my guard yeah. pull. I did it to Macy Barber too. I, I think I that's the one yeah. I was watching and yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was so happy. I'm like, cause I've been yelled at a million times for like pulling guard and everything. Like I'm, I'm a bottom bitch, but um, <laughs> like you, you did it and it worked though. Cause she didn't like, you, you pulled open guard. You didn't even pull like a closed guard. You pulled open and then you stuck to her. And that was like, that's incredible like seriously i mean i don't think your striking looks that bad but like fuck yeah. like i won't say it looks bad until like i can start knocking people out i gotta have that finishing power you know and there's like, not a lot of girls that are knocking people out though uh it there isn't but it's like there's not a lot of girls who are fighting smart i feel like either a lot of them just want to work harder and just like lift more weights and do the hard work you know but it's not like, gonna come out looking like uh the lioness so, so many people they like focus on they think they're doing the real hard work because they're lifting weights they're sweating they can post those pictures after you know but it's like the real hard work is all <laughs> that's <laughs> what, what does that mean <laughs> I'm talking about fighters though, like people who are like trying to do Yeah, he wasn't talking yeah. about my OnlyFans, what? <laughs> and Put that in the description. I'm not even sure what he's talking about. Keep, keep going, keep going. I'm just like, the real hard work though is the technical work. Right. It's breaking it down, it's slowing it down, it's doing all the little tiny things and making sure you're hitting every single point and doing it a million times where it's boring as anything and you don't want to do it anymore. It's like nobody wants to do that stuff and that's why I feel like I could develop knockout powers because I am doing that work right. to develop that preciseness. So it's like now when I do land my punch, it doesn't matter about power as much as it is the structure of my right. body uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thought process because it is true and i think that's the development that's come the most overall in like martial arts people are like so technical now but um do you break that stuff down yourself like when you go home are you just watching shit and trying to figure things out or you got like a i know you made a move to goat shed but you're still you're saying dean shows up a lot is dean breaking this stuff down for you and like kind of bringing you new stuff to work on to throw into your game Okay, Dean's my like guru. Right. You know, he's just, I feel like an absolute genius on everything. So he just he I feel like he just watches me. He'll watch me throw a right hand for an hour straight. Like just as much as I hate doing that stuff, I'm sure he does too. It's boring as anything, but he'll be like, "All right, don't overturn your foot. All right, try to land with your knuckles. Try to do that. You know, whatever it is, the little tiny things. He's constantly breaking it down. So it's not necessarily bringing me new things, but just revolutionizing what we already have." beautiful so speaking of that you did train at top team for a little while and then uh you ended up coming to the goat shed and i guess dean also split from top team at that time so what what happened there uh so dean was with the, uh even when he had his own two schools they were both american top team affiliates so he's been with att since so is he still no no not anymore but uh he was with them for right, right, right. ever and then uh it was kind of at the beginning of covid that um I don't know. I don't know if there was any prior did attention. You, did you break off before they closed off to pros only? Uh, I was kind of in the beginning of that because they were like, they were telling me they're like, you either gotta train with Dean or train here because oh, Dean was like, at a at a different location at the that menu, time. The menu you pick friends. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cool. So literally, I told I texted Dean that I was like, yeah, um, they told me this, and he was like, all right, get the my stuff out of my office. <laughs> Damn, they told him they probably told him the same thing, or, or did he was he aware of that? He he, w he just wasn't in the building as much then, so it's like because I had to go off campus and it was during COVID. I don't know. They were trying to be super strict. And Damn, they, that, that that they weren't having it. So that sucks to hear. 
We just kind of, me and Dean did our own thing for a couple of years, for about two or three years. He literally had mats in his garage. It was, that, I, I saw that footage. Is yeah. It, in the, was it his garage? Yeah, it was his garage in Port St. Lucie. And it was like me, him, uh, Jose Shorty Torres, and then David Evans. We all just drilled together daily in there and made it work for about a year or two until, it's like, I, I just needed more bodies to work with and a uh, different look to have. So that's what Goat Shed provides for me. Well, I was going to ask that. So I guess that's... Uh... That's the answer to that. I mean, did you look at other gyms around here before you ended up on Goat Shed? Uh, me, honestly, when we were just in Dean's garage, we kind of were like a little bit, uh, I guess, gypsies. We traveled everywhere. <laughs> we would uh, like spar at this gym, then spar at this gym, then spar at this gym. So we were just all over the state. And uh, I just felt like I like the environment at Goat Shed. I like that um, Awesome's always trying to put a lot of pressure on you. Make sure, like, during sparring, it's usually like, insane there like he has everybody screaming talking shit like doing whatever but that's a real fight it's yeah. like that's how things are happening you gotta get used to that chaos and that's what i love about it yeah so do i mean does that does that help you do you feel like you still get an adrenaline dump when you jump in a cage honestly every single day when i go in the cage at goat shed i'm like i feel like <laughs> oh man that's <laughs> yeah, well, i think like, that's why you fall asleep so easily <laughs> it, it gives you like I guess the false sense of security when like say when I was at ATT yeah. I never got in the cage once ever there so I'm sparring every day out in the open nobody's watching me there's no pressure nobody's screaming you don't have Roy sitting on the outside roast <laughs> like roasting you you know so it's like it's just it's a completely like pressureless environment when you're sparring where now you have only two people in the cage and everybody's watching you now there's all that pressure now you have to perform now you have to look good and it's like it really does just add such a different environment and it gets you those like pre-fight jitters every single day so now i'm used to them you know yeah it, level, it levels you up yeah i was gonna ask you i know you were saying that your parents will tell you to you know avoid uh a fight, how are they now? Do they support you? Obviously they support you, but are they, they're cool about it? Uh, it was definitely a little bit of a struggle, you know? Um, they always supported it, but they I guess they never understood it until I made a living out of it. Um, they, so when, when you brought that check home, they're like, oh yeah, yeah no, stick I get to it. it. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it was like when I was an amateur, Dean was bringing me back uh, down to ATT and I was working with like girls like Tisha Torres and Alex Chambers who were just signed in the UFC, like, and I could sub them, you know, back when I was an amateur, like way back then, they would obviously beat me on the feet, but I was like, all right, like there's hope, you know, I, I can, I know I can make it here. So it's like from the time I was an amateur, I always knew I was going to make it. And I feel like my parents just didn't have that clear of a vision as I did. Yeah. Did you watch any of the like older women's fights, like back when Gina Carano and them were fighting? Uh, I wouldn't, I, I didn't go back as far as Gina. I would say probably about Rhonda's era yeah. well, is even, where I Even started. in Rhonda's era, because the fact that you were saying that, let me not miss word, you said you, you'd like stumped them? Well, I, I would, I would be able to like sub uh, yeah, her right. like well, back that, in the day. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. where I was going with it. Like Rhonda, she's great. Don't get me wrong. But I felt like that was a time when like women, like the grappling was like levels, like way low. Like the, oh, yeah. it, was, it was so bad. Like I watched, I brought up Gina because I, who did she fight? Cyborg? She got mount, and she didn't look like she knew what to do with it. And Cyborg just shrugged her off. I was like, "Yeah." And I, Ronda capitalized on that, like, but it was beautiful to watch. No, Ron, obviously you can't take anything away from what Ronda's no, done for God, the sport no. for women. Like, she's absolutely opened the doors for us. But like, she obviously fought a different era, and I think we saw that when well, she fought Amanda. <laughs> it's, it's such a short period. Like, it's so crazy. Like, if it wasn't for Ronda, I mean, the women might have gotten written off, and we wouldn't have a chance to be where we're at today. No, no, I feel like women have kind of just, like, followed the blueprint that yeah. guys set, so it's like we've just been able to catch up that much faster, you know? But so I mean, some of the women, like, I mean, even you, like, you guys look better than a lot of the men. Like, it's like, damn, you guys can learn. <laughs> Start watching some women's fights. Like, the technique is, is next level now. Like, before it was like... All right, time for a smoke break <laughs> or something, you know. But now it's like, all right, I gotta watch this because who knows what's gonna happen. Like it's been, it's been awesome to watch. Oh yeah, no, the evolution of women's sports with a lot. Like I, I feel like it really went from like how you watched guys in the UFC where it was sport versus sport, and that was Ronda's era yeah. when it was like judo versus boxing yeah. or whatever. I don't know if I'd and even give it that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that now it's like we're evolving. So we're mixed martial artists, you know, we're I, showing I do, everything. I do miss that though. The sport versus sport. That was like the greatest. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, honestly, I love going back. I've watched like yes. UFC one, UFC two. It's I, so fun. I want to say UFC two is the best. Oh, it's the pinnacle. <laughs> That's the one where, uh, so I think on one, 
they gave the ref in trouble for uh, stopping the fights too soon. So in UFC 2, the ref was just like, I'm not stopping this. <laughs> and it just made it absolutely terrible. I think one guy must have tapped like 27 times. <laughs> <laughs> and But there was the, the rules too were amazing. Like the, the one dude, uh, Joe Sun, he was like a a rapist or something. And then he fought... Um, <laughs> What? I don't know. Was, if was he really? Good. Yeah, yeah. No, dude, this is the, the greatest karma story ever. Because he got beat. Like, the dude got him and then just started raining hammer fist on his nuts. Oh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that this dude was <laughs> he a got, rapist. He got wind that he was a rapist and he took no, him out. No, I think that was desperation. But you can't write that. That's, like, amazing. Well, that's life right there. <laughs> like, that's a tenfold. No, this is cool. I'm going to do a fight. There's no rules. And then you just get punched in the nuts 35 times. Like... I saw I saw a, a guy just like uh, over this dude and just headbutting him straight down, and I'm like, oh god. I see fights uh, even with Khabib in Russia where he was throwing headbutts. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have a Lethway where yeah, they do the. I've heard of that too. I, I thought that was like, I don't want to say fake, but I thought like they have that one dude, uh, the Duke. Yeah, I know he, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he was like. I thought he was like a, a young Andrew Tate at first. I'm like, what? Is, who, who the hell is this guy? And he's blowing up this bum-ass sport. But, like, a lot of people give him respect. And it, it is crazy. But the CTE in there has got to be, like, next level. No, oh, I can't imagine. Like, e like... Even when you're training, you're, you're headbutting the, the fucking bag. <laughs> not not going to lie. Definitely thought about it before. <laughs> Never just done it. Do it a couple of times. Just don't do it too much. He it's probably just, does it every session. Sometimes in a fight, though, like, both your hands are tied up. You're like, yeah. all right, what can I hit him with? My head. No, <sighs> can't do that. <laughs> right. It is a little unrealistic. Do you think, um, like, bare-knuckle MMA, speaking of, like, unrealistic, you think bare-knuckle MMA would be better than having the gloves? Um... I don't know. Honestly, the gloves are more to protect your hands right. than anything else. Because it's like a human head is hard. Punching it is probably going to break them. <laughs> like, that's what happens a lot. Like, I don't know if you've seen the bare knuckle boxers' yeah, hands. Unfortunately, that's yes. what I'm worried about more than anything else <laughs> yeah. in those fights is their poor hands. Yeah. Like, they are always blown up huge because there's a lot of tiny little bones in your hands that are going to break. Right. So I think the gloves are to protect the hands, not the face. But it, makes, it makes you think a little more, you know? Like, should I punch this guy right now or is it just going to. Because I know Mike Perry, he's always saying, I put this part of my head in the way so that when they hit it, they hurt their hand because I got a hard head. And it's like, that's crazy. But like, I feel like it, you, you got to be aware of like, like he said, like, get, if you get hit up here, it's different than getting hit up here, yeah. over here. Getting hit on the chin, it's like you're going down. You yeah. can't take that. Getting hit on the top of the forehead, you can take a couple of them and be fine. But you don't you don't feel like the gloves get in the way of your grappling at all? Uh, not necessarily, no. Do you ever have yeah. anyone, like, grab in there? Uh, yeah, I've definitely had that. I had um, a girl, it was actually during my fight with Courtney Casey. Uh, she tried to armbar me and put her fingers in my glove oh, and tried so to armbar me. And uh, I was sitting there, like, she was belly down. I look at the ref and I'm like, her, her fingers are in my glove. <laughs> and he was like... No, they're not. And I was like, all four fingers are in my glove. <laughs> and me and Jason Herzog are just having a conversation while like I'm trying to stop this arm bar too. Can you hear that? What? Like if you if you watch the fight back, can you hear it? I don't know if you can. Because that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Did he bother to even? Uh, he, I don't know. He said he, he was like, I think they're good. I was like, all four fingers are in my glove. And then she switched to something else. But I'm like, I don't know. It's so, Sometimes I don't know what the refs are seeing. I'm like, I don't know if you guys saw my fight with uh, Priscilla Cachoeira either, where it's pretty egregious eye gouge near the end where I'm like. I think they like those at this point. <laughs> the ref was literally standing right there and was letting me get eye gouged. Like, I mean, you can, like, there's a list of fights that have been like changed by eye gouges and it just happens and they're like nah it's cool just here's a warning it's like but I can't see now and I legit felt her knuckle in my eye like oh my she God. was full thumb in there damn it's disgusting <laughs> after, after this next fight that you have coming up is there talks about a possible title Sure. I don't think so yet. Uh, hopefully uh, a couple more and then we'll be up there. But um, I, I think good after that, it's a little bit too soon. I mean, I don't think Pollyanna is the, the girl to go through to get a title fight. Not not any hate to Pollyanna. But um, damn, like that fight you had with Tabitha. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's going to be crazy. Because that, that was like high-level jiu-jitsu match right there. Yeah, I think uh, that fight is just such like a dark spot in my memory yeah, yeah. right now I, know. I just i hate bringing her i honestly i 
it was, it was just such a learning moment for me of like, I rushed things too much. I knew I shouldn't have taken that fight so soon after my Piera fight. Just like, it was the cut to 115 that it was yeah. just too much back to back for me. So um, I, have to, I literally, I fought Piera on Saturday and I had the contract by Thursday. And so I had four days where I didn't have a fight. And um, signing that contract is like my only thought was, this is gonna be a lot. And literally I wanna say every single day of that, camp i was on the uh workout bike just crying <laughs> i like i'd finish my I, I always do my bike after i finish training so it's like i'd finish like three hours of training then just get on the bike and cry every single day and i like that camp it was one of the camps where i'm like i wish i would have just listened to myself and just pulled out you yeah. know i'm like i was not in a good place like i was just so burnt out after the pierre camp i just needed a break and i wasn't giving myself it and it was just such a big learning experience and so it obviously came out with a loss because of it. So just, if you wanted to compete in like Abu Dhabi, uh, ADCC, did UFC allow you to do that? Cause I know they let you do like the, all the affiliated shit that's on Fight Pass, but like, would they let you do ADCC if that was something you wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, they, uh, all grappling events. They've always been cool with me doing anything. Is that something you'd want to do or are you trying to stay away from that so you can like develop the striking more and not have to devote a camp to just... I guess at this point, I'm a little bit more focused on MMA. I At the beginning of my career, I was kind of more willing to do both, but I also feel like both the sports were a little bit more similar back then. Yeah. Where now Nogi is kind of its own world. It definitely in is. The MMA, like, I just feel like my style of jiu-jitsu almost doesn't fit in with no gi as well right now yeah. just because it's like I don't, I don't know all those leg locks and like all the entanglements and things like that and like I can blow out my knee and get put out for six months and I just have to make the most of my time right now so that's it's why like, I'm surprised they let you do that yeah oh uh there's uh one grappling card that they always do uh I can't think it, oh with Fury FC yeah and uh, they always have a bunch of UFC fighters and always do the rule no heel hooks because of that. Of course. Yeah, it's just like, it, it really is but so... There's, there's so much stuff you can blow your knee out with. You can pull De La Hiva guard, knee's gone. Like It's just that it, it really is almost safer fighting MMA yeah. than it is doing a no-gi competition at this point. At least, at least in MMA, you're like, should I hurt something or should I just throw strikes? Like, well, it's like, okay, I'll get it. 11 stitches in my nose and I'll be good in a month yeah. or I'll have my knee blown out and I just thought um I know this wasn't from that but Fazeev's out for two a year and a half because of his knee blown out it's like it things that are just uh, yeah. not you don't want to play with yeah no the knees are it's ridiculous they got to start figuring out how to make bionic knees I mean I know they're like halfway there but <laughs> like every athlete ever but especially in like grappling no knees <laughs> like Usman did you did you see the clip of him the, yeah and he doesn't even have knees so <laughs> not literally the dude i think he said he was bone on bone like when oh. he fights he's in like immense pain the whole time but he i don't know if you saw it but he, he was rolling with gaichi and he popped his knee you could hear it in the video <laughs> i just feel like that's kind of natural for all of us we're just like pops and cracks and things like that <laughs> pain <laughs> is, is there any single day that you that you wake up with no pain <laughs> like what is that <laughs> no um yeah i feel like I, I i'm like i'm going to the pt right now for my hips my back and my neck and oh my, my shoulders God. so i'm like just constantly <laughs> everything so yeah there it's just it, i'm like i have arthritis i just had knee surgery last month i have like everything we're we're getting old at 28 <laughs> oh that's the that's the greatest thing ever it's like this is a problem for future me yeah exactly <laughs> Like I, I saw, I saw the biggest smile on your face uh, yesterday when I saw the you tapping out Rose, and it must be a huge confidence booster. Like tapping out a two-time former champion, is, is that what went through your mind? Uh, yes and no. I'm like, it's a different sport for me. I'm like, she's not a world champion in jiu-jitsu. Nah, she's a world champion still, in striking. Though, no, but you tapped it with the good old. <laughs> fucking die <laughs> there is just like something that in her though like the second we were on stage you can just see like she throws like a couple feints at me and my first thought i'm like she's fast as fuck like that was the only thing like was she really yeah like she just you can tell like that she just has that champion mindset that champion like that you could just feel it on the mat you I, know I, I did feel bad for her though like anytime she loses it looks like she's about to cry and i, uh, I feel awful that's where i did feel bad is in the post fight i'm like it just went bad <laughs> cm punk didn't handle it well either oh my <laughs> it was all God, very I forgot bad he was there dude you have yeah. no idea how much i can't 
I cannot stand CM Punk. You love, you love CM Punk. I hate him. <laughs> that I, that post fight, that Phil, whole post fight. Uh, him, him coming to fight in the UFC was the biggest stain ever. <laughs> The didn't, fight, didn't, the fight was he, awesome. Though. Didn't he call you Rose before he interviewed? He goes, "Hey, I'm here with Rose. Uh, I mean, Jillian." I go, "That piece of shit." I don't remember that. I just remember I was like thinking all during Rose's interview. I'm like, just let her walk away. Like, just stop interviewing her. It just went on for too long. Yeah, they do it on purpose. They know. So, I think we're closing in on a time. We want to let you eat the donuts too. But um, now you're a goat shed now, and. I know when I first found out about Goat Shed, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. They just seem like the cocky, flashy, like dickhead gym. Like I now meeting all you guys and, and I, I've always loved Awesome's mindset. Cause he's like, he wants you guys to all be the best. He like he he has a great mind for martial arts. Like it's awesome. But um when are we gonna see some viral clips of you? <laughs> well soon, right? Yeah, January, January twentieth, hundred percent. Well, I'm talking in the gym. That's, You're talking that's cheating. Some... <laughs> when are we gonna see you jump over the cage and uh, jump on your teammates? Uh, awesome always says that he's like, "How did someone like you, like a sweet little girl, end up here?" <laughs> I feel like my demeanor is probably like, I don't know, not exactly goat shed esque. Hey, when we met Roy, I was like, I, I was like, dude, I didn't expect you to be like this at all, because all I knew him was from watching him kill people and then watching the goat shed videos. And it's like, I guess that's something to say for Awesome's marketing. Yeah. And like, he's so he's good great. at it. Yeah, he's great at it. He gets people talking, he gets people watching and knows how to post those Instagram clips to make us look like, like I don't know, even during my fights, I feel like he's posted some videos where I'm just like, go ahead, post whatever. <laughs> I'm like, as long as it looks good, I'm okay with it. But it, I'm like, it is what it is. Yeah, did you see that before you went to that gym? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I said, that's kind of what it, it attracted me in a way yeah, is yeah. the chaos because that's a fight. Yeah. That's what a fight is. Like, and we're, it, it is just a fight gym. It's all fighters. And I, I feel like, and we all respect that. Yeah. No, that's an awesome atmosphere. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we finally got to come check it out because it was, it was cool. It wasn't what I expected at all from looking at Instagram. I'm like, oh, it's, it's fucking cool. Almost feels like some rocky shit. <laughs> Everybody, we walked in and we said, hey, hey, welcome. What's up? How are you? And I'm like, oh. They're nice. They're not, they're nice. I'm not getting beat up. Hey, you, well, you, you, were, <laughs> <laughs> you, you before we close out, uh, I forgot to ask you. You were you were telling me that when it comes to Florida and Vegas, when it comes to the 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 marijuana policy, what was it again? So, because um, I did not know this at all. It with well, this is with USADA at least. We're not gonna have USADA anymore at the beginning. Good, good. <laughs> uh, they're getting some other drug testing company in now. And then they're grabbing but, that guy from Top Team. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. Pass. <laughs> uh, I think he still works for the FBI. You can't do that. But um, if you fly in Nevada or Florida, you just can't walk in the cage high. So you, you're allowed to have weed in your system, like as much weed as possible in your system. It doesn't matter. Honestly, they've called me once being uh, alarmed by the amount that was in my system, <laughs> but it was acceptable by under the, under the regulation. But uh, typically any other state, I'm stopping like five days out just because we're allowed to have a certain amount in our system. We're just not allowed to like, have so much in our system, any other state. It, it, stopping five days out, is that as bad as a, as a weight cut? <laughs> I feel like I, it almost makes the weight cut easier because then it's like, I don't want to eat. I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's all depressed. Yeah. <laughs> the bunchies are gone and now I'm sad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have nothing else. I mean, I've got a million else, but... Go for it. We've, got, we've got six minutes left and... and Go I, squeeze she, them out. We, <laughs> we've already out. made her not eat the Did donut eat for like the, the last the 40 I, minutes. I'm so sorry. It's too dry. And the it's other like one's taking like 17 bites. Oh. So... Is there anything else you want to plug? I mean, we, we got the fight coming up in January. Um, I think everyone knows that by now. But is there anything else you want to plug or put out there? Just if you want to follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Savage underscore UFC. That's about it. Yeah. And follow Goat Shed because she might pop up viral on there. So, Well, thank you for your time. Uh, like, you. I, like I said, I, I, I thought out. we had no yeah. chance for getting you on. So thank you for taking time to come talk with us peasants. <laughs> I uh, really appreciate it. Wasn't too bad. It was, no, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. And free donuts. <laughs> See, every interview, it's always the free food. 